welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts, a live bi-weekly show to help you know what to do and what's new in digital marketing for 2021 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading experts. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Entrepreneurs, Ask the Experts. I'm Marissa Morgan, your show host, and I'm also the Business Development Manager at Engage. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, I'm excited to welcome you to today's show. Today, we're talking about a topic that is very interesting, especially in this day and age, and especially as we're working through life-changing effects of a pandemic. Today's topic is bots and bodies, right? How to accelerate, accelerate excuse me, growth in 2021, um, but how that depends on your ability to strike a balance between digital and humanistic strategies, right? This, this idea that we've got the bots now, the digital, the virtual, but we also have the bodies. We're all humans. We want to connect with each other. Today, we're going to talk about that. And our guest expert has written a lot about it. So I'm very excited to share her with you in just a moment. A quick reminder, after today's live interactive talk, I will also share with you an engaged tip or news of the week. And this week, we're talking a little bit about digital changes on a certain platform in terms of e-commerce. So stick around for that news of the week as well. Now, before I introduce you to today's special guest, I want to share with you just a quick uh, tidbit, really, about what the Engage platform does. Because our platform is unlike any other platform out there, because we offer companies tools to grow and scale, tools to optimize your customer experience. And those tools right now are free and they're free forever. So I want to encourage you after today's show to check out ngage.com. That's N-G-A-G-G-E.com to, to go ahead and subscribe to our free platform. Take a look at all of the tools we have. We have tools for a CRM tools for your agents to be chatting and interacting with your customers. We've got a scheduling tool. We have calendars. We have tools for automation. And all of these tools will ultimately help optimize the customer experience. And we all know that in today's competitive marketplace, optimizing the customer experience is how you stay ahead of your competitors. So check that out. Also, if you're interested in live streaming, we all know right now that creating content is an important part of connecting with prospects and with leads. And I know our, our uh, guest today will agree. It's a great way to connect. If you're interested in maybe hosting your own live stream or your own podcast, or your own weekly show, just like we do, we also have a program to help you get that jump started as well. That's called Engage Live. And you can find out more about that awesome program at ngagelive.com, N-G-A-G-G-E-L-I-V-E.com. It's up there on the screen for you to screenshot. But of course, if you're listening on the podcast, I spell everything out for you. So there's no question on how to find Engage. So check us out after today's show. Okay. Without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. She's a bit of a digital nomad, and she's joining us today live from Scottsdale, Arizona. Please help me welcome Nancy A. Shanker. Now, if you don't know who Nancy A. Shanker is, you need to. She is, as I mentioned, a bit of a digital nomad. She'll work wherever her suitcase is, and she's got a pair of shoes. Um, and today, like I said, she's here live from Scottsdale, Arizona. She is the founder and the CEO of The On Switch, and she has developed and honed her superpowers as a marketing leader through decades of success and innovation. As one of the field's most experienced, pragmatic, and thorough strategists, she considers herself a dual citizen of both, and I really like this, the traditional marketing world and also our ever-evolving digital planet 
which is why she's the perfect guest for our show today. She's a former C-level marketer for companies, maybe you've heard of them, Citibank, MasterCard. And she also, she started her own business in 2003 to serve as a virtual marketing strategist and full service marketing department for corporations and mid-sized businesses and startups as an extension of her in-house marketing teams. She has created award-winning content and writes for Thrive Global. Um, she also has written for other media outlets and is a member of both the Forbes Agency Council and also Rolling Stone Culture Council. She, if, as if this isn't already an amazing resume, she is also the Director of Content for the Society of Sales Women and has published, and excuse me, has been published and quoted in the New York Times, Cranes New York, Business Week, Entrepreneur entrepreneur.com, The Ladders, and Inc., and so many other media outlets. The list is, is pretty much halfway down my computer screen. And one thing that I really love about Nancy, and I think so many people can appreciate, she really loves to mentor young people in their careers. She is the mother of two grown daughters, and she's also the author of, and I love this title, Don't Hook Up with the Dude in the Next Cube. 200 plus career secrets for 20 somethings and also embrace the machine which is a book about ai and robotics now i can really i seriously her resume is impressive but i'm excited because today we're celebrating um a special day we're about a week early but um there's a big birthday coming up for nancy's company the on switch so we're going to learn more about that in a moment but in her comp in her career with the on switch as the CEO, she has helped businesses both small and large launch, rebrand, and flourish through a combination of brand development, conventional and digital marketing, relationship cultivation, which we know is very important, and creative breakthrough the clutter ideas. Her four-step process, Imagine, Focus, Buzz, Profit, has withstood the test of time, and she has helped hundreds and hundreds of companies launch and regrow. She also holds an AB in English and Psychology from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor and a graduate diploma in book publishing from New York University. She's also completed Kellogg's Executive Communications Program. And today she's all ours for the next 45 minutes as we talk about bots and bodies. Nancy, welcome to our live interactive talk today. And I'm so excited you're here and just say hello to our audience and then we'll talk about this special birthday that's coming up. Well, thank you. And I'm so excited to be here. And as you were talking um, and explaining what Engage does, I thought a lot about the whole notion of engagement, which is really ultimately what it's all about. When I started the business 18 years ago, I started with no clients at all. And obviously, it was a big risk, jumping off the edge of a cliff, not really knowing how I was going to make a living. And I started out really just by reaching out to people who I've known over the years, letting them know that I was starting a business. And the business just started flowing in as a result of relationships that I had cultivated, many of which I cultivated in the analog world, because that was the only world that existed as I was building my career. So um, as we approach our 18th birthday, and we deliberately called it a birthday rather than an anniversary, is there's a lot of emphasis these days on companies that are launching, um, but it's relatively few companies that continue to scale, are truly timeless, withstand the test of time and evolve no matter what the world and the economy is throwing at them. And obviously over those 18 years, we've had a ton of experiences um, and I've undergone a lot of personal growth and business growth that really enabled us to survive and thrive over almost two decades. Um, Having lived through the recession, for example, put me in a much better position to handle the pandemic. Um, and when I started the business in 2003, social media didn't even really exist. 
um, it fell into the hands of adults and businesses in 2005. And it was very funny. The other day I was saying to one of our recent college grad associates, I've been using social media since 2005. And she said I was only six years old then. So um, I realized that having a first mover advantage in many ways has enabled me to keep pace with the developments in digital media. And as you reference, really combine humanity with automation, which if you grew up only with automation, you're sort of missing half of that equation. And you know what? I think that that really speaks to something that many of us are experiencing, um, specifically with age groups that are younger than we are, Nancy, is so many people have grown up in such a digital world that they don't understand the importance of nurturing relationships. They don't understand the the importance of the humanistic approach to marketing because they're so used to being behind their screens. They're so used to only texting or only doing things virtually or not having to have a human contact to achieve so much of what they're doing. So I think it's really This is a really important topic right now for the younger generation that is growing up, especially through the pandemic, you know, where things are going very much to one extreme um, in that regards. But it's also important for those of us who grew up in in one era and and you talk to that and have seen so many changes. Um, It's just this is just such an important topic right now. It really doesn't matter what industry you're in or what age you are. Yeah. And I actually have been involved in tech since I was in my 20s. And there is this real fallacy right now that anybody over the age of 35 or 40 is a dinosaur, but they often forget that, you know, technology has been evolving since the 60s and 70s. I often refer to myself as an OG of tech, but there is I call ageism the final ism that needs to be tackled because there's an assumption especially if you're a woman of a certain age, that you can't possibly be digitally savvy. And I am proof positive, and maybe I am that, you know, one out of a hundred, but that's all it takes is we need to change that perception that if you're older, you can't possibly be cued into technology, especially as a woman. And I think that's great that you brought that up too, because I think as a woman myself, who's in the digital marketing and digital technology world, digital marketing technology, it is all inclusive. And and I think we all bring something special and we all bring different experiences and different ideas. Um, And and it goes back to that old saying, teamwork makes the dream work. And and the more different ideas you have flowing and, and the more this even nowadays, team teams are a big part of companies, right? Because we've all learned that when you have more ideas flowing, you're going to be more successful. And it's not all about the one person, the one idea. It's all about the team. So Exactly. And back to the whole notion of humanity plus technology, mm-hmm. um, it's almost as if sales has become overly digitized. And a lot of salespeople don't realize that when, you know, they're talking about customer engagement it's still ultimately an audience of one. And if you're marketing a very expensive enterprise product to a C-level executive who is a man in his 50s, you may not want to start your outreach with, hey, how you doing today? You know, sort of meeting the customer where they are and understanding as much as you can about the ecosystem in which they live and how decisions do get made in corporate environments. And that gives me a distinct advantage. Having come from a big brand background, I know what goes on in those conference rooms and in that decision-making process, which enables me to combine digital tools with a human understanding of the person who I may be selling or communicating with. Which makes you the perfect guest today to talk about this concept of bots and bodies. Before we dive into 
really the bulk of our conversation today. I do want to pop up a comment. Daniel is watching and he says, welcome. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Daniel. This is a live. It's an interactive talk. We're on LinkedIn Live right now. If you are just joining us, welcome to the show. Nancy A. Shanker is here. We're going to dive into our live uh, discussion right now about this concept of bots and bodies and really striking the balance between a humanistic um, approach to marketing and a digital approach to marketing. So if you have any questions for Nancy, please leave those in the comment section and I will get to them as, as we go throughout the show. Nancy, I'm going to put up on the screen for everybody watching just an outline of, of what we're going to get into today with our talk. And for those of you listening on the podcast, I'll summarize it so that you can uh, understand the flow of our talk today. So again, bots and bodies, accelerating growth in 2021 depends on your ability, and we should have added the word successfully, to successfully, right, strike a balance between a digital and humanistic approach to marketing sales, which Nancy definitely just touched on, and support. So the first thing that we'll touch on with you, Nancy, is AI and ML. Um, they're right, but soft skills such as listening, writing, speaking, engaging, negotiating, persuading are still critical in taking your business to the next level. So we'll talk a little bit about the importance of these really connector skills is what I like to call them. So we'll talk about that first. Then we'll talk a little bit, Nancy, about your thoughts on how basically everybody's looking for this competitive advantage and how many people are using automation to do things. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about your spin on automation, when to use automation. I know you may have some examples of when it works, maybe when it doesn't work, or how you can use automation to get ahead and to get that competitive advantage. And then the last thing we'll talk about are some suggestions, right? So obviously the pandemic is making us, in essence, in quotation marks, we say less human by limiting our face-to-face -face interactions. But Nancy will share with us some things we can do to really almost counteract that, right? Or to take these changes and make them work for us in a way that maintains the humanistic approach. So that's really what we're going to talk about. I, I can't believe we're going to talk about all of that in such a short amount of time, Nancy, but we're, we're going to try. So let's kick things off talking about this idea that soft skills, right? And these quote unquote people skills, connector skills are still so important, even though, I mean, you've written about AI, you've written about bots and robots and these things that are changing our dynamic. Um, what are your thoughts on the importance of soft skills and what we can do to stay relevant and to connect and to continue to nurture relationships in this digital world? Well, you know, that's so important. And just even like today, you know, we are in two different cities. We work for two different companies, but we are making a point of coming together and having a conversation, like a live human conversation with voices, with nuance, um, I'm still a really big believer in the good old fashioned telephone. Um, when you text somebody or email somebody um, or DM somebody or Slack somebody, it lacks nuance, it lacks tone, it lacks humor. So we have to remember to build some of those old school techniques into our marketing approach. I had a great example yesterday um, I needed, my mother is 95. She has a, what's called a jitterbug flip phone, you know, which is the version of her version of a cell phone. And I needed to access her voicemail. And I was thrilled when I called the phone number for Great Call. I actually got a live human being on the phone. And I think because they realized that their audience is an older audience, they didn't put me into some endless bot loop oh. that they press really two for the language and then it's press the department then it's press this for what is and then why don't you tell me what you need and then they're like what please repeat that like it's the worst yeah i had a, a professor at kellogg who said if you speak with the voice of the customer you will never be wrong and i think that's something that has gotten lost as we've digitized the world. And it's unfortunate because we have 
I remember back in the day at Citibank, and now I'm going to sound ancient, I worked with my colleague, Tony Coretto, on building out personas for retail bank customers, which is, this is 30 years ago. Personas are nothing new. The big difference is that instead of it being done within minutes using online research and data, we were like, you know, these giant spreadsheets and binders. I mean, I think about it now and it seems positively Neanderthal, but what it enabled us to do was look at our customer base and analyze them based on not just demographics, but also psychographics, and then to be able to market to individual segments of the market in the tone, in the manner, based on the behaviors that they indulge in. And I'm always laughing to myself when I drive that Waze is such an incredibly powerful technology. It knows where I am, it knows where I'm going, it knows where I've been, and it keeps telling me to like pull off the road and go to Pizza Hut, which is not a place that I ever eat at. So, you know, we will eventually be in the perfect state as far as using, using a combination of digital technology and good old fashioned common sense mm -hmm. to say, Nancy's not gonna stop at Pizza Hut, but she most likely will stop at Sprouts or Whole Foods. Ah. So let's market to her in a way that is truly relevant to her. And obviously Amazon does that tremendously well. They know what I've been buying. They know what I've been browsing at. And then they're able to market to me as an individual human being and not just one of millions of shoppers. That's a great example. I like that you used the Waze example and then compared it to the Amazon example because that's obviously um, an example of how AI, right, is being used to, um, you know, Waze is totally based on technology and AI and all this stuff. But like you said, it can go the next level um, and actually know the customer, know the customer's wants and needs and preferences so that when it is making suggestions, you're more likely to actually become the customer or make the purchase or what have you. So yeah, what I would love to see is the next generation of engineers. Um, you know, it scares me a little bit that more women are not pursuing careers in STEM or STEAM because I do believe that um, women as communicators have something to bring to the table in terms of saying, well, wait a second, there's a person out there and this person may be thinking this or wanting this, which is not to say that engineers are not humans, mm -hmm. but when you are exclusively a coder or a developer, you have a certain skill set that doesn't necessarily take into consideration how real life breathing human beings think and feel. And you know, as a mother and a grandmother and a woman over 60, I often say, how is somebody who is in their 20s, who's never had kids and never lived this life, how do they really understand how I think and shop and make decisions? So really like plug for more women going into STEM careers. That's a really good point. And I think too, even... Going back to the jitterbug example you gave, having it's it's all about being where your customer. We always talk about this at Engage, being where your customers are, right? Solving their pain points, and it, it's so basic with the jitterbug example. And if you're not familiar, if you're listening and you're not familiar with jitterbug, it's a specific phone that you know is promoted to a, an older demographic. The buttons are larger; it's easier to use than, let's say, an iPhone. But if you think about the need of that person, it is to stay connected in a way that they're comfortable with, right? So being able to call customer service and talk to a human, um, yeah, I, I don't think, and no, no offense to anybody younger that's listening, but Nancy, I don't think necessarily a 20-year-old came up with that idea. So I do think it's important, um, kind of going back to the teamwork, to have all diversities and all ages, and especially women and especially older people on your teams, because they're 
like you just said, their experience is going to be so different from somebody who's maybe in their 20s, but maybe this exceptional coder or this tech wizard. So I think that that's, um, these are all really interesting points you're bringing up. Yeah. And, and also keep in mind that people um, over 50 control 70% of consumer spending today. So wow. if you are only focusing your product or service at a younger demographic, you're missing out on 70% of the spend. So, you know, this has really nothing to do with, you know, being feminist or being ageist. It's really just looking at the data and mm -hmm. saying, all right, if 90% of the people in the world had red hair, you would be developing a shampoo for specifically for people with red hair. So right. let the data, let the statistics, let the facts govern your marketing decisions. Important point you're bringing up too, is it is very important in any sort of marketing strategy to include research as a big part, right? Of your, um, just of your strategy in general. We talk about that all the time. It's, it's a shame when people get excited about an idea and they spend all this money to formulate it and put it out there. And then they go back and go, oh, wow, if I just done the research first, right, I would have realized that maybe my idea wasn't, wasn't what's, on point. What's very scary is two thirds of companies canceled or postponed their market research last year as a result of the pandemic. Oh, wow. um, my company is currently doing the marketing for a, an event called Timmer, the market research event. Mm -hmm. And they believe that insights professionals, people who really understand how consumers today are thinking and feeling and behaving and spending will be the single point of truth heading into 2022 because they have the insights. And again, we're living in an era where big data is so readily available mm -hmm. and technology is enabling us to take that big data and within seconds, and this is where AI and ML come in, you could take that data and ask a question, a complex question, and have that data distilled down for you into sound bites, which 10, 20 years ago would be weeks and weeks of analysis. We have all this at our disposal now and now we need to start using it to do better marketing and serve consumer needs at a higher, deeper, better level than we have been. Absolutely. Great points. Great points. Let's talk about automation. Um, obviously, digital the digital transformation is now a necessity rather than a competitive advantage. People have to shift. They have to pivot. They have to accept the changes that are happening in the digital world in order to stay relevant. Um, but our, our thought is before you adopt new technology, and I know you'll agree with me, Nancy, you need to ask yourself, will this save me time and or money? Will this be something that my company and my teammates will be able to use and comprehend? Um, will this change my life in some way or allow me to become more efficient? What are your thoughts on? on being successful at adopting automation? Um, yeah, I mean, those are you know all great questions and it's kind of how I live my life. Like that is my mantra. So as a content strategist and writer, you know, I grew up in an era where I would write something, somebody would attack it with a red pen, I would miss typos, I would make grammatical mistakes. Um, a great example is now Grammarly which I have plugged in on my laptop, on my desktop, on my phone, and it critiques my writing real time as I'm doing it, and it has made me a better writer. And then it's very Pavlovian. I get a report every week that assesses my tone of writing, so I know if I'm being friendly or informative or if I'm in a crabby mood and I'm being dictatorial and cold. So that's a great example of where technology is humanizing me. Wow. I almost went to art school because I love to, I'm a graphic thinker, but I have no real artistic skill for hand drawing. But when Canva came along and constant contact, and I realized that I was able to create amazing things without any artistic talent. I call it the color forms or the tinker toys of our generation, I had the imagination and I combined it with the automation 
to be able to make something great. I happen to have five Amazon Echo devices in my apartment and my car. And so I find that when I'm driving, if I forgot something on my shopping list, I just tell Alexa to add it to the list or something on my to-do list. We use monday.com in my company to make sure that projects stay on track. We use Google Docs as a collaborative tool. Mm -hmm. So I look at every piece of automation. Oh, one of my other favorite pieces, although I don't use it in my business because I don't really have a need for it, is conversational intelligence like Gong, which basically records sales conversations and then gives you what I call an immediate EKG, where you could see where you might have lost the customer along the way. So wow. there, oh, wait, what is that one called? Gong? Gong, G-O-N-G, gong.io. There's also a company called Sendoso, which just got a huge round of funding, Series C funding, which is automated gift giving. So these are examples of technologies that ex exist to make humans better, faster, more efficient versions of themselves. So it really begins by saying, what is it that I need to do in my work life and my personal life? Mm -hmm. And what kind of technology exists today that will accelerate that process? You I know, love in the way you put that question together. What do I need to do to be better? Wait, what did you say? What do I need to do to be better? Basically better in my workplace for my company. Better, faster, oh. smarter. You know, as a business owner, um, and this ties in with our 18th birthday, you know, one of my um, Achilles heels is as a creative, I really, really despise looking at Excel spreadsheets or balance sheets, and I have to force myself to do it, but it's a critical part of running a business. You know, you look at something like QuickBooks that I wouldn't say it makes it, it fun, but it makes it really simple for me to like call up from my phone, from my laptop to see how is my business performing this month? What does my P&L look like? Who owes me money? Mm -hmm. So those are all like examples of what is the purpose of the technology? It's not technology for technology's sake. And there certainly are a lot of really cool technologies out there, but you need to separate those shiny objects from things that are really, that have utility or make you a better version of yourself. Great tips. And I like the idea too, that if you ask yourself what you need to do, like this gift giving technology, what is it? Ven Sendoso. Sendoso. So we all know that connecting, right, with our customers, our clients, um, showing them we care, showing them that they're important to us. That's a big part of what we've been talking about in this in this year, in 2021. And if you know that that's something you want to do for your customers, maybe it's a gift on the anniversary of a certain date, or maybe you remember certain dates because they're in your CRM, um, dates that are important to your customer. If you have technology to help you do what you want to do, it's just... It's a double win, in my opinion. Because exactly. And like something like Gong, you know, and I don't know mm -hmm. what they have planned for the future, but how wonderful would it be if we could Gong our interview after the fact and get that report within three minutes after we hang up, you know, from the interview and say, oh, gee, I use this word 50 times. I either used it because it's a great word or because I need to be more creative and come up with better language. I often joke around that I would like to, to gong my dates to find <laughs> out where they, they may have gone amiss. But yeah. you know, that's a great example of a technology that at the end of the day can make somebody a better salesperson. It takes the subjectivity out of the conversation, whereas in the past, your sales leader might be saying to you, oh, I think you need to be more assertive. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're using technology for the assessment, then it's, it's not a matter of personal opinion. It's quantifiable fact. That right. said, you know, and again, I used Grammarly as an example. Even though Grammarly critiques my writing, I could still do a manual override and say, well, the machine doesn't know that that is 
a term or that I was making a joke and that's why I said it that way. Or the company that I'm writing for prefers passive tense to active tense. So they're calling me out on something. So I'm hoping that as the technology evolves, artificial intelligence will get even more intelligent, but it's the responsibility of human beings to develop and fine tune that artificial intelligence to make it less artificial, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, I just got a question actually emailed into me, Nancy, for you. It's from Elizabeth and she's asking, she heard you at the beginning of the show mentioning that the phone, you know, it like shouldn't be underrated and we should consider going back to the phone. So she said, what, do you have any tips or suggestions when the only option you have is an email, you know, through LinkedIn or perhaps a message? Because she said, I'm so used to these auto-generated emails from companies I know right away. They're just trying to sell me something. And I want to make sure I don't come across that way when I message people to connect, right? Or, or to network. So she's just asking if you have any suggestions. Yeah, that's a great question, Elizabeth. And, you know, as somebody who has worked in PR and pitch journalists, this is a a skill that I always tell people when they're pitching the media. And I also, because I write and I get pitched all the time. Before you send somebody a note, Hmm. do a little bit of what I call friendly stalking. Look at their LinkedIn profile. Google them and find some common note or something that you can say to them that indicates that you actually know something about them, but not in a creepy way. Like whenever I get a note from somebody who's pitching me something and they say, oh, I saw in your profile that you went to U of M, go go blue. Or um, I read your article about blah, blah in Rolling Stone love the point you made about such and such. It's beyond flattery. Um, It's letting that person know that you care enough to research at least a little something about them. And that automatically humanizes and personalizes your interaction. That's a great uh, response. So Elizabeth, I think that's and also a great question. And it ties right into the next thing I was going to ask you, Nancy, as we're you know, starting to wrap up our talk is some suggestions you might have, Nancy, to to counteract, you know, the way that the world has changed, the fact that we are becoming kind of less human, um, tips you have to almost counteract that and to stand out in a good way, in a, oh, wow, no one's done that before, or, oh, wow, it's so, it's so unique that this person did this because I'm so used to nobody doing that anymore. Well, the first thing I would say is now that the world is starting to safely open up again, um, get off your ass. Hopefully I can say that on air. Get off your ass and go to a conference, go to an event. Obviously, be safe, be healthy. But I, um, this week is really the first time in a year and a half that I've been not only doing, you know, calls like this, but actually getting out into the quote unquote real world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to a couple of conferences and trade shows since the world started opening up again. Companies are taking really, really tight health precautions. So don't use that as an excuse, you know, get out and be human at least one day every couple of weeks, be safe, get tested, yada, yada. But, you know, don't forget that there's there are flesh and blood people out there. Um, use the technology that you have at your disposal to build relationships. You know, it's not just about sitting on a Zoom call, blah, 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 but creating online experiences that are fun, that are engaging, that are exciting, that people look forward to participating in. Um, which is hard because we've all been Zooming and teaming for a while now. But right. don't ever stop being creative. One of the best SNL episodes I've seen during the pandemic was when the comedians were all doing their own routines from their homes. From home. And yep. it gave them so much creative power to do things that they found were fun and interesting. Um, and, you know, we talked about this a lot, but make sure that your work team is truly 
cross-generational, diverse, that you're including different perspectives. Um, I've done consulting for tech companies where I really felt like the odd woman out because I was different. I'm 65 years old and I'm from New York and I'm very outspoken, but those are the kinds of people you need in your organization to bring different creative new perspectives. And they don't need to be people who know how to code. I would, if somebody asked me to write a line of code, I would, <laughs> I would fail the test, but I understand enough about what technology can do to combine my human common sense with technology to say, can we develop something that could do this? Um, so yeah, that's my, obviously I'm not too passionate about what I do, but uh, not yeah, at that's... all, not at all. <laughs> no, this is great. And also I think one thing we've talked about in the past is, is that the digital transformation or the changes we're seeing in our digital era has also made recruiting and hiring look a little bit differently. Absolutely. Um, you know, you can do a Zoom interview from home. You can hire a consultant who can work remotely. And maybe she is a mother of three, right? But she can still do her job from home. And, you know, you can explore and take advantage of people's wonderful humanistic skills, even if they can't be walking into your facility door or office. And I, I know I'm very biased about that. I was on a call the other day where somebody was like really digging in and saying, I am never going to run a remote company. Everybody has to be in the office. And I wanted to say like, dude, that era is that ship has sailed. I've been running my company virtually for close to the entire 18 years. I did have office space and I worked out of WeWork co-working, but I am proof positive. We have somebody now working out of the Dominican Republic. I have an associate who's moving to Greece in October. I would rather hire the best and the brightest where, regardless of where they live. And the upside is now I have a 24 hour work team. So globalization is actually a differentiator. So oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, so um, the world has changed. It is never, ever, ever going to go back to the way it was. Mm -hmm. So you could either look to the future and become part of it. Whenever somebody says to me, oh, I don't want to live to be 100 or 120, what I say to them is 120, 60 years from now, is going to be very different from 120 now. I will have bionic parts. I will <laughs> have robotic limbs that can help me run as fast as a 20 something year old. So, you know, that you have to be constantly looking at what will be three years, five years from now. And just again, looking back on the, the week before our 18th birthday, the on switch of 2003 compared to the on switch of 2021, they are very, very different. But what I go always go back to is what is timeless? What has stayed the same? An emphasis on human relationships, good common sense, great customer service, innovation. So the technology has changed, but some of the basic principles of business have stayed the same. And every month in my newsletter, I profile a company that has survived 50 to 100 years and I look at what are the elements of surviving and thriving that have kept those companies going. Because as I said at the very beginning, anybody can launch a company. How many companies will still be in existence 50 or 100 years from now? Um, and that is always very telling. If any of you would like to subscribe to my newsletter, there's a button on the website. So feel free, the more the merrier. And feel free to follow me on any or all of my social media platforms. And I'll share right now that you can find um, Nancy's website. It's very easy. It's the onswitch.com, spelled just how it sounds, the onswitch.com. And then her email, if you want to connect with her, is nancy at the onswitch. 
It's actually Nancy S at the on switch. Sorry. Okay, let me fix that. Let's get that right. Nancy S. See, that's one thing that Grammarly, Grammarly would never have known that. That's a Nancy at the on switch.com. Nancy S at the on switch.com. Yeah. S is in Shanker. Sorry about that. I think I've copied that from your signature on an email and I may not just have made the the thing go all the way, but Nancy S at the on switch.com. You can also connect with Nancy on LinkedIn and you can do that LinkedIn. It's going to be forward slash Nancy A Shanker. So N-A-N-C-Y-A-S-H-E-N-K-E-R. So connect with Nancy, drop her a note. If you connect with her, if you're listening to the show and then connecting with her, Um, Whether you're listening live or on a replay, let her know that you heard her show on the Engage Digital Marketing for Entrepreneurs live stream or podcast. You know, one thing that, uh, shoot, you mentioned something and now I just lost my train of thought. Um, Oh, it's the fact that you are about to celebrate an 18th birthday and it's along the lines of you talking about companies that are now, you know, 50 years, right? They didn't just launch and then survive, but they're doing really amazing at 50 years. So I just wanted to congratulate you on your upcoming 18th birthday. You're now an adult, right? Exactly. Exactly. Hey, I do have one quick question that we'll get to before we log off. It is from Daniel. He says, any thoughts on blockchain technology and any interesting companies using it, specifically startups? Um. That's a little bit out of my realm. I have um, stayed tangentially involved in what's going on with digital currency. Um, It's interesting. I think it's one of those categories that was very hot and now it's very quiet. But then I think it's going to reemerge. When I worked at MasterCard 20 years ago, we were talking about digital money and everybody was like, woo woo, that's like science fiction. That's never going to happen. At Citibank, they were like, we can never be able to digitize checks. We always have to return paper checks. So I think blockchain and crypto, I think, is one of those things that I, you know, would keep an eye on. But it's probably, you know, maybe five or 10 years away from the maturity level. And at some point, alternative currency will be a thing. And we'll be looking back. Maybe I'll be on the show again in 10 years. And we'll be saying, remember when Daniel asked that question about blockchain? And we were like, Oh, we don't really know. I think it's really interesting that QR codes have made a comeback. You know, they launched and then they were dead. And now they're, they're back. So that's, again, one of the advantages and curses of being as old as I am, I see stuff launch and then lie dormant for a while and then it comes back again. I'm like, damn, I should have like invested in that back then. Back then I know. I'd, I'd have to agree with you on QR codes. When people started mentioning it earlier this year, I said, wait, those black and white weird little things that I was annoyed with back then that I never used are back. I'm like, I have to jump on the thing. Hey, Daniel, yeah. great question. And thank you for joining us for our live show. I always love when our audience drops us questions and comments. Elizabeth, thanks for emailing me your question for Nancy. And Daniel, thanks again. You guys connect with Nancy on LinkedIn. Let her know you saw her or heard her on the Engage Digital Marketing for Entrepreneurs live stream or podcast and Nancy, again, congratulations on 18 years with the on switch. You've done a lot in your time, your decades, I should say, in digital marketing and marketing. And I think that one of the reasons that your company has been so successful is because of all of your unique experience and all of the experiences you can bring to your role and your perspective on, on the world as it stands. I think those well, are thank all you so much. Yeah, it's been so wonderful to have you on today's show. I'm going to go ahead and bid you adieu, Nancy. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and a wonderful weekend. And I'm going to dive into you as well. Thank you so much. I'm going to dive into our Engage News of the Week again, you guys. Make sure you go to LinkedIn, follow Nancy A. Shanker. And also on the onswitch.com, we'll have a place where you can go ahead, click a button, and get her blog, which I think would be uh, an exceptional choice to just just be in the know. And Nancy, just real quick again, what is the title of your blog? Well, my blog is called Bad Girl Good Business. Um, And I also have a newsletter that goes out every couple of weeks, a non-spammy newsletter. It's more trends and tips than it is selling stuff. So there's a 
little old-fashioned snail mail icon on my website and just click on that and you can subscribe to Constant Contact, another one of my favorite automation tools that I've been using for about 12 years. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that with our audience. And thank you for joining thank us you. today to share all of your incredible insights. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Another incredible guest. Make sure you connect with Nancy. Good Girls, Bad Business. And she's got a newsletter. Go to theonswitch.com. Um, and also, if you connect with her this week or next week, we are right now um, mid-September, give her a congratulations on celebrating 18 years at the on switch as CEO and founder. Okay, I just got a quick minute. I want to share our Engage news of the week for this week. This week's Engage news of the week, TikTok has been testing a boost like promote option with selected profiles for a couple of months and now it's available for all users. The ad feature is similar to the Facebook's boost button and it allows brands to quickly and easily put Amplify on their posts and basically turn them into living ads. With Promote on TikTok, you can turn any organic TikTok video into an ad directly within the app. You can start reaching new audiences, build a following, and drive traffic to your business website or, of course, your own personal TikTok account. So check that out. And if you're just joining us, maybe you missed the show, you're just joining in, or you have colleagues that would benefit from all of Nancy A. Shanker's insights, make sure you check out our Engage LinkedIn page. We always replay our shows there. So it's a great place for you to check out the replays of our show at Engage on LinkedIn. And Engage always, N-G-A double G E N G A G G E. And our, our logo is actually a rainbow colored cog. If that's helpful. Also, you can find out more about our uh, platform itself at engage.com. So check us out there. That's where you can sign up to be a subscriber, take advantage of all of our free forever tools. And if you happen to have a topic suggestion for one of our shows, maybe you have a guest referral, or maybe you just want to get in contact with a guest from our show and you're not sure how, please feel free to reach out to me. My email is marissa.m at engage.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well. I am forward slash the Marissa Morgan. So please feel free to connect with me there. Okay. Thank you so much for watching. Again, make sure you connect with our guest on LinkedIn and give her a big thank you for joining us on our show. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday, September 21st at 11 a.m. Eastern with our guest expert, Colin Lepiscopo. We're going to be starting a four-part series with Colin, who is the former director of marketing of the world's largest social marketing resource. He's also a CRO expert. We're starting a four-part series with him on how to increase conversions by up to 200%. And the first part of our four-part series is next Tuesday. And we'll be talking about conversion rate optimization and customer mindset. So be sure to follow us uh, on LinkedIn at Engage to find out more about our upcoming show guests and our upcoming show dates. And I'll see you back here next Tuesday, September 21st. We'll talk about customer rate. I'm like literally tongue-tied right now. We'll talk about conversion rate optimization and of course, customer mindset. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, I want to thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.